Well, before we begin today, I just want to just take a moment to remind us of, of a few things that are, are happening within the life of our, our congregation. You know, for those of us who are here and, and also for those who are, are joining us online, which, which in case you're wondering, we have just as many people, if not more, joining us online today as we have who are with us here. And, and together in the midst of that, for whether we're in the sanctuary or online, we're united together through the Holy Spirit. And God is working in our church. And one of the things we talked about early on in this pandemic, and recently we've been reminding ourselves of this, is, is even though things look differently today, there are things that we continue to do together. We continue to gather every Sunday to worship our risen Lord and Savior because this is the day of the resurrection. And that has not changed. Amen? And we also can continue to, to stay connected together. And just a reminder, that means all of us have to do our part. If, if somebody is in your heart or mind, just, just trust that that's the Holy Spirit leading you. So make a phone call, send a text, write a card, whatever it is. We, we need to stay connected to one another. We also look for those opportunities that we can love others around us. And, and we've talked about several of those opportunities. We, we've talked about the, the opportunity we have this year through a hand up, which in past years we've collected food for Northwest Connect, but because of a grant they received, Northwest Connect has a lot of food right now, and we say thanks be to God for that. But a lot of the people that Northwest Connect ministers to also find themselves in need of, of other things. And for those of you who are here today, we have a display that you can look at on your way out. But, but we also are just really, we're collecting cash donations to try to fill a box with some of the different sort of other everyday type items that people need. And it's kind of particular as far as what we need in those, which is why if you want to be a part of this, we're just asking you to make a cash donation. And if you're here today, there's these really little bags that, that are kind of like grocery sack material. So if you're just bummed that you can't fill a grocery sack this year, you can fill a mini grocery sack this year. And on the back side, it says $15. That, that $15 is what it takes to complete one of those boxes. So if you want to take one of these, you're welcome to do that. You don't have to use this. You can give online or mail it in or text or any of those ways as well. And just mark it a hand up and we'll make sure it goes towards that. We also have just some little like kind of bookmark size things. You can take these with you as well. If, if you participate in this, you might want to take one of these and, and, and put it in your Bible or in your Advent devotional book. And, and when you see this, just pray for the people who receive those. Just pray for God's blessing upon them as well. Just one of the things that we can do can, to continue to love others as well. We're also, we talked a little bit about an opportunity to help minister to some at, at Evergreen Middle School. And uh, even just one of the things, just some little prizes and things like that for some of the kids who, who are there each day. If you have questions about that, you can talk to Pastor Billy. He can give you all the information about how you can help out with Evergreen Middle School. And one other thing that we're going to try and get some information out, uh, hopefully this week even too, I uh, Rebecca Burnell, who, who keeps us focused on, on missions in many ways, reminded me this week that, that we've seen a lot of news of what's happening in our country, and it's been easy to forget some of what's happening in other places. And recently, in Central America, in Honduras and Nicaragua, they got hit hard by a hurricane. And my guess is there's probably some people today, I know our church has been involved with some work and witness trips to Honduras. How many of you have been to Honduras before? We got some. I actually went to Honduras on a work and witness trip, not with this church, before I was here as well. Well, I just want to want to ask you to be praying for those folks. 
And we actually have some churches on our district who are even gathering some supplies and to do some things as well. And so we're going to try and find out some more details and let you know. But if you'd like to give towards that, um, just just let us know. We can help direct that there as well. But, but be praying for our brothers and sisters who are in Central America and other places as well. Amen. You with me there? Yeah. What well, other ways that we can love people in the midst of this? And then we just continue to grow together. You know, we really believe that sometimes it's when we get out of our normal rhythms of life that we can hear and experience God in new ways. I don't know about you, but my normal rhythms have been kind of turned all upside down. <laughs> but when we get out of those normal rhythms of life, if, if we listen carefully, we can hear God and experience God in ways we never have before. And I don't know about you, but, but my desire is for the grace of God to continue its sanctifying work in my life. And I don't want that to stop this side of eternity. So my prayer for us as a congregation is that, that we would continue to let God work in us in these days. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, when I was in, in seminary, I spent a semester working with, with chaplains in a hospital, working with people like, like Joel Allsworth, who, who's a chaplain, you know, during that semester, I got a chance to, to sit in on some of the training for new chaplains, and I, I did a lot of visiting patients in their rooms. And it was partway through that semester where, where the head chaplain was, was asking me about how it was going, and we were talking, and, and I don't really remember some of what had happened, but, but she said to me, she, she made a comment that I've never forgotten. She said, Mark, if you listen long enough, people will tell you what they need to hear. If you listen long enough, people will tell you what, what they need to hear. Prior to that conversation, every time I went into a room, I just thought that my job or my goal was just to make people's days a little bit better. And so if I could make somebody smile or if I could make somebody laugh that, that I had done what I was supposed to do. It wasn't until after that conversation that I realized that not everybody who's in the hospital needs to have their day brightened. Not everybody just needs to laugh or just needs to smile. Because there are some people in the hospital who, who need to process some very significant and very difficult things. And just laughing or smiling doesn't give them the opportunity to begin to process some of what is going on. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I found myself recalling that conversation over the last couple of months because I don't know if any of you noticed this, but it seems like people started decorating for Christmas awfully early this year. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't even think it was Halloween yet, and I saw Christmas lights up, and not the Halloween, like, kind of knockoff Christmas lights. Like, I saw legitimate Christmas lights up before Halloween. It's, it's like people thought, if we could just skip Thanksgiving and get to Christmas, everything's going to be better. If you put enough lights or enough bows or enough decorations, it just covers up everything else that's going on in the world, and life will just be better. Doesn't it seem like people have kind of treated it that way? But you know, it doesn't matter how many bows we put on things. It doesn't matter how many lights we put on stuff. It doesn't change sometimes the reality of what it is that we are experiencing. And I've been thinking of that as we come to Advent because during Advent, we're reminded that we are people of hope and that we can have peace and that we can have these things in the midst of what life brings. 
And when we talk about peace, which is, is what we focus on today, often we think of peace as the absence of conflict. Like peace is what happens when there's no conflict with others or, or even conflict in our own lives. But, but from a biblical perspective, peace is something different than that. Peace is more about, about being in, in right relationship with God, about experiencing wholeness, about experiencing this sense of, of being complete or, or who we were meant to be, and that that comes through relationship and fellowship with God. And we know that and experience that through Jesus Christ. And in the midst of Advent, we need to be reminded that we can have peace, that we can have peace even in the midst of, of all the challenges that we face in life. That's especially too true in, during 2020, but that's true any year, Right? We can experience peace in, in the midst of life because God is with us and we have a God who is working in our lives. You know, if you have your Bibles today, I'd invite you to, to join me in Mark's gospel. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1 and we're going to read some of the, the opening verses here. And if you're able to this morning, whether you're here in the sanctuary with us or, or joining us online, I just invite you to stand as we read God's word this morning. Would you hear these words for us today? The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I am sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we all say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You know, I've, I've really come to appreciate the way that Mark's gospel begins in some ways, I think it's my, my favorite beginning of any of the Gospels. I realize that this time of year, we might tend to gravitate towards, towards the Magi in Matthew or the shepherds in Luke, but, but Mark doesn't begin his Gospel in that manner. You know, some translations actually put it this way. They, they say, here begins the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Here begins the good news. And do you know where the here is? In the wilderness. That's where Mark's gospel unfolds. Like if it was a movie and, and the narrator's voice would say, here begins the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the first scene we would see is in the wilderness. You know, the wilderness is a place that we encounter at different times in Scripture. One of the first big places we encounter the wilderness is in the Old Testament when, when God has, has rescued his people from slavery. They were slaved in Egypt and God heard their cries and God rescued them, God saved them, and God was bringing his people to the promised land. 
But the people struggled to, to trust God. They kind of saw some of what God was trying to do, but they thought that God had, had done a good, good job so far, but God needed a little help to finish that off. They struggled to trust God, and so as a result of that, they ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness as, as a result of, of their failure to trust, but, but also as an opportunity to learn how to trust. It was during that time in the wilderness where, where they collected manna, Six days a week, gathered enough for that day, except for on the, the sixth day where they gathered enough for the seventh day as well. The wilderness was this place of, of learning, of, of growing, of experiencing these, some of the, really the refining fire of God's hand at work in their lives. You know, another place where, where we see the wilderness is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. After Jesus is baptized, he goes out into the wilderness for, for 40 days. And he spends 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying. But during this time, Jesus is also tempted to, to give in to what might appear to be an easier way. Once again, the, the wilderness is, is this place of, of preparation, this, this place of, uh, uh, of, of coming before God and depending on God for what it is that lies ahead. Wilderness is significant in Scripture because there are these times where, where these kinds of experiences happen. And, and this is the place where, where Mark's gospel begins. And Mark's gospel begins with, with somebody that we know of as John the Baptist. Now, John was, John was quite the character. I mean, Mark tells us that, that John wore camel's hair and a leather belt. Now, I'm, I'm not much of a style guru, but I know enough to know that that's never been in style. I mean, John was just kind of a, a weird dude, I think. And part of the reason I say that is because did you notice what he ate for food? He ate locust and wild honey. And that's just weird if you ask me. But John, for, for all of John's weirdness, John was reminding us of the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, who, who had spoken to God's people during that time of exile, during that time of exile when God had promised that, that he would rescue his people from what for them was the greatest difficulty they could have ever imagined and then some. They were not alone in that time and God would rescue them and redeem them from that situation. And so here Mark's gospel begins in the wilderness, in this place of, of difficulty, of challenge, but also this place where there is the potential for great renewal and great possibility. And it is there that, that John reminds people of the message that Isaiah had proclaimed, that God hears his people, that God sees his people, that God is with his people, and that God will redeem and rescue his people. And it's there that, that the gospel of Mark begins. And, and John preaches this message of repentance. And repentance involves a couple of things. It, it involves a turning away from sin. But it also involves a turning towards God. See, this life of faith, it, it's not enough to just say, I'm sorry for what I've done. But we also have to pursue and seek after God. You with me there? 
And repentance carries both of these. It, it, carries a turning, it, it carries a turning away from what we have done before, but it also carries with this this moving forward. As we are, are, are heading towards God, as we turn towards God, as we seek after the face of God in our lives each and every day. Now that involves a lot of change. And change is really difficult. How many of you here like change? All two of you like change. Oh, I guess there was three. There was three who raised their hands. I mean, change is hard, isn't it? Change is difficult. You know, earlier this year, last month, I, I bought a couple of new Christmas records for us. And one of the records I bought was, was the soundtrack to, to Charlie Brown Christmas. You like Charlie Brown Christmas? How many of you like Charlie Brown Christmas? It's like the only time I watch Peanuts during the, well, Thanksgiving as well, right? One of my favorite characters from, from the Peanuts cartoon series is Linus. Every time you see Linus, what do you see with Linus? His blanket, right? Like, I don't know if he's ever been in anything without his blanket. I've never seen him if he has. One of my favorite things about change says that change is like Linus with his blanket in the dryer. <laughs> change is like Linus with his blanket in the dryer when he has to endure those agonizing couple of hours for his blanket to be washed because certainly any child who carried a blanket that much, their parents would make sure that the thing was washed, right? Change is hard. Change is difficult. As John the Baptist was, was preaching this message of change, he was preaching it because it, it was a needed message. God's people had gotten their eyes off focus. They'd gotten focused on other things, not necessarily bad things. Some of the things that they'd been focused on were good things. But in focusing on other good things, they'd taken their focus off of God. They'd taken their eyes off of God. And they needed to get this sort of straightened out again. And so here is John preaching this, this message of repentance. You know, if we, if we would have continued reading on the next several verses, we see that, that Jesus comes out to meet John there in the wilderness. And Jesus is baptized. This is the beginning of, of the earthly ministry of Jesus in, in Mark's gospel. And in Mark's gospel, as it talks about Jesus coming to be baptized, it, it says, in a lot of translations, it says that the heavens were opened, that the heavens were opened. But actually, if you look at the word that we usually translate open, probably a more accurate translation of that word is that the heavens were, were, were torn, the sky was torn. You know, it's one thing to open something. If you open it, you can close it back up again. It's pretty difficult to like put something back together when it's been torn, isn't it? It's hard to do that. It's difficult for us to do those things. How many of you have ever heard the expression, all hell broke loose? You've heard that expression, right? Like people use that expression just when everything that could have possibly gone wrong seems to go wrong. You know, it's kind of like Mark's gospel is telling us. Here when Jesus comes and his ministry begins, all heaven broke loose. All heaven broke loose. Like this is something significant, something powerful that is happening here. This is something that is about to change everything. 
And if we're not paying attention, we can miss this. That's why the call to repentance isn't just to turn away from the past, it's to focus on what is God is calling us to ahead. At the beginning of, uh, of Jesus' ministry, when he's, when he's baptized, all heaven breaks loose and, and God is working in these powerful, profound ways. You know, we heard a little example of that this morning. When Connor was, was baptized, we, we heard his testimony and we, we heard the way in which he had been in, in a dark place. But even in this dark place, he was not alone. God was there. And he heard the voice of God calling him. And God rescued him from that place and turned his life around and gave him peace or wholeness in his life. In the midst of Advent, we're reminded that, that God has come into this world and that God is, is, is working in these powerful ways. Now, now, when I say that all heaven has broken loose, you can look around and say, yeah, but Mark, don't you realize there's still a lot of darkness in this world? There's still a lot of trouble in this world. There's still a lot of things that aren't the way that they should be. And you're right, that's true. Which is one of the things that Advent also reminds us of. We find ourselves today living in between the two Advents. Christ has already come. God is with us. The power of God is, is bursting out into this world. But, but one day Christ is going to come again. And when Christ comes again, then, then the salvation work of God will be brought to completion. But right now, we, we live between these two advents. But as those who, who know that Christ has come, as, as those who have experienced that, that outbreaking of God in the world in our lives, we can experience that transformation that comes from God. And as those who've experienced it, we can live in such a way that, that others can see this and know this and experience that too. You know, when when we celebrated in, in baptism a little bit ago, I, I was thinking of the fact that there's a lot of us here today who've been baptized before. And if you've been baptized before, I just, I just want to take a moment and ask you to remember that, to remember your baptism, to remember that day when, when you found yourself standing before a congregation to remember that day when, when your testimony was shared of, of what God had done and what you were longing for God to do. To remember that day when, when you confessed that, that you are a part of this Christian faith and when, when you said that I'm going to do everything with the power of God to live faithfully for God each and every day. Remember that day and may we live into that. May we have our eyes fixed on Christ and continue to head towards him and towards what it, is, what it is that he is calling us to do and who he is calling us to be. You know, 2020 has been a difficult year in a lot of ways. This is the year of the pandemic, which has created all kinds of challenges. This has been a year of a presidential election, which if it accomplished anything, it accomplished showing how divided we are. And in the midst of that has been the very real struggle for a lot of folks. 
How do we maintain friendships with people who think differently than we do? How do we respect people who, who have different understandings or opinions than we do? Like all of this has been displayed before us and we've struggled with this. How do we make sense when, when things just don't seem to go the way that we think they, they should go? Not to mention the other struggles. We, we've had a number of folks in our congregation or, or loved ones of folks in our congregation who've died this last year. And that's challenging. I mean, it's challenging when we can't even have a memorial service in the ways we typically do. How do we continue in this? How, how do we move on in the midst of this? How, how do we go on in the challenges that we face in life? I think of all of that. And then I turn to Mark's gospel. Here in the wilderness begins the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You know, in the middle of those places in life where things aren't working out the way we think they should, in the middle of the places of life where we feel like we're being pulled to our very ends, in the middle of those places of life is where God shows up and God begins God's saving work. You know, wherever you're at today, God is with you. Whatever we face in the world around us today, God is with us. And heaven <laughs> has broken loose and God's grace is at work in the world today. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And may we turn ourselves and follow after God so that the light that is shining through Jesus Christ can shine in our lives for others to see. Amen? Let's pray together today. Lord, we thank you today that, that you are with us. That in this Advent season, as we often focus on, on all the good things, we're also reminded that you meet us in those wilderness places of life. And so God, today, we, we, we thank you that you are always faithful. And Lord, we pray that, that in those moments that we would hear your voice, that we would fix our eyes on you, and that we would move towards you. Lord, wherever we, we find ourselves today, would you help us to be people who, who live into the hope and live into the peace that comes to us through Jesus Christ. And God, I also pray today that you would help us to be a people that would let your light shine brightly in us. Lord, that you would help us to live in such a manner that, that as those who have seen the good news of Jesus Christ and come to know that and experience that, that you would help us to, to live in such a manner that others would see that coming through us and would come to know and experience you as well. And so God, today as we gather, we, we once again offer ourselves to you. And Lord, we pray that you would continue your work in us so that your will can be accomplished through us for the furthering of your kingdom. And God, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.
You know, as you go today, would you go knowing that the hope and peace that we have is not just something that we find in candles, but the hope and peace of Advent is something we have in Jesus Christ, our Savior who has come and our Savior who will come again. And so would you go in the peace and hope that comes through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.